0: It's the T E H podcast, episode number one hundred and seventy-eight. I'm Leo Notenboom of AskLeo.com,
1: and I'm Gary Rosenzweig of MacMost.com.
0: No, so, it's been an interesting week. Um, one of the things that I wanted to chat about is something that you and I, anybody who's been in the industry for any length of time, um, has experienced at one point or another. Is you have you find a solution, you find a service, or a piece of software, or something that You like, it solves a problem, uh, you incorporate it into your workflow, and then all of a sudden, uh, often without warning, something changes Mm -hmm. that uh, either uh, affects your workflow, uh, often in a negative uh, negative way, or (laughs) as the case in point, the case that brought this to mind this week, um, the service and or software that you're using just decides to up and shut down. You know they're they're done. They're 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 you know you can't can't use it no more. Um, that's what a lot of uh, users of a service called Box Crypter found themselves in last week, and it was a complete surprise to me that this had happened. What it, what Box Crypter is? Uh, the issue here is simply one of safety and security. When you're using file synchronization cloud services like Dropbox or Google Drive or Microsoft's OneDrive, uh, you know you put a file on your machine and it magically gets synchronized up into the cloud but it is there's no additional protection right it, it is mm-hmm. um it is uploaded bit for bit um as if it was on your machine into the cloud and then of course it's replicated to your other machines if you so if you're so interested but the bottom line is that there's no additional layer of protection and of course what people are concerned about is that um Un, unwarranted or unauthorized access of those files. They tend to fall into two categories. One, their account gets hacked, uh, so everybody has access to all the files that they happen to have stored in their cloud service. And the other, of course, is law enforcement, because, of course, uh, you know, the service providers have access to their own servers. And if you haven't taken any additional steps, then those files are their naked for them to see and and, prov- and turn over to law enforcement as well. Boxcryptor was a solution for that that worked really, really well, because what it did is it encrypted files using, <clears throat> using a passphrase that um, only you knew, and it encrypted on your machine before it left. So the only thing that was ever stored in the cloud was uh, the encrypted blob that in theory, uh, assuming you have chosen an appropriately strong password, would not be decryptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, it would be useless either to the hackers or to law enforcement or to whomever. The, um, uh, so it was a really nice solution for that because it encrypted file by file which means that if you make a change to a file, that only that file's encrypted equivalent gets uploaded and synchronized and so forth. There are other solutions like using zip files and, and VeraCrypt uh, containers and those kinds of things, but they all suffer from a different problem where if you make even a tiny change to one file in the container, then the entire container is invalidated and has to be uploaded. Ah. Anyway, so Boxcryptor's been a great solution for that. On uh, Late last month, it turns out, they sold themselves to Dropbox. Now, what's interesting about that is from a strategic point of view, it actually makes a fair amount of sense. Dropbox can absolutely benefit from incorporating this technology into their product. Um, That is uh, something that I think in the long run will eventually make Dropbox somewhat more valuable. However, Boxcryptor is platform or was platform agnostic. So there are a bunch of different concerns relating to its um, uh, functionality on other cloud services, be it uh, OneDrive or Google Drive or any of the other things that you might use yourself. at the same time, Boxcryptor said, you know what? no more new accounts Uh, free accounts are going to go away at the end of next month and paid accounts are going to go away at some point we just don't know when uh, but uh, the writing is on the wall they've actually done a fairly poor job of communicating exactly what's going to happen anyway Long story to basically point out that here's an important piece of software that a lot of people were relying on for some fundamental security in the way they deal with their data. Uh, It's a way to safely and securely store even sensitive data in the cloud, which gets you a bunch of different neat things like replication to other machines, offsite backup, and all the usual things we talk about when we talk about uh, using cloud storage. It went away, Mm. what do you do? Right, that's, that's the thing. It's, and, and the, the, what I decided to, the approach that I decided to take was rather than be super annoyed, uh, because there's plenty of people doing that on my behalf, um, rather than be super annoyed about it all, uh, I decided, you know what, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to, um, okay, we've taken this tool for granted, the tool went away. Let's go spelunking. Let's go investigating. Let's go see what else is out there that will solve this problem that um, would potentially uh, be a reasonable replacement for this tool. Now, in my case, I happen to choose uh, Cryptomator, which is an open source equivalent of Boxcryptor. Um, It has differences in the details, but fundamentally, it solves the same problem in roughly the same way. Um, and that's been working great. I switched over. Um, it does multi-platform. I've got it on my Mac. I've got it on my PCs. I've got it on my phone, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that the interesting lesson here, and, the, and I wanted to ask you what your approach to some of this is as well, is, you know, stuff happens. We've been doing this for a really long uh-huh. time. This is not the first time a piece of software has disappeared or fundamentally changed in an, in an unfortunate way. Um, what do you do? right what what yeah. do you do and the, the the for me the thing is to try and to remember to think of it as an opportunity twitter is another good example right uh, we've talked too much about twitter already but the bottom line is that whatever's going over on twitter has been an opportunity for us to go off and examine some of the twitter alternatives and yeah i'm having fun with mastodon as it turns out there are others but you know that's the one where i'm having some having some fun and it's not something that i would have investigated had um uh, Twitter, not done what Twitter is doing. So I'm just curious if if I'm unique, if, if I'm somehow special in my ability to turn these kind of frustrations into opportunities.
1: <laughs> I certainly try to, you know, I mean, that's the best uh, attitude to take, um, you know, but sometimes it's frustrating. It depends on like what else you have going on. We talked before, uh, not too long ago about, you know, like one password and I had to switch from storing my own vault to using their online service, um, and it wasn't a big deal in the end. But it was mm-hmm. something I was used to, and all of that. Uh, and now, of course, I enjoy a little bit smoother password service from them because I switched to what they're actually, you know, using and building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes up. I mean, Apple people have dealt with like, you know, Apple bought the most popular weather app uh, like a year or two ago. And leaving a lot of people, including the Android users of that app in the, you know, uh, uh, you know, by the wayside in order to then incorporate those features in their current weather app, which is Apple only. Um, which so what's the, got, what's
0: the app that got purchased? It was called Dark Sky. No, oh, I don't remember that one. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's like things like that happen. Actually, uh, yeah, there's been lots of different, um, was it Shazam was bought by Apple too. So Were they?
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So, but they're
0: still generally available.
1: I, I don't know. I, cause I, I don't know. You tell me you're the one with the windows I, computers.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just looking at my Android here and or i your Android device. pretty sure. So yeah. Cause that's where I, Probably, yeah. that's where I have Shazam. It's one of those things where you're sitting in a restaurant and you want to find out what that song is.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, Shazam did a great to- job of that. yeah. The the thing is, it's funny. They still use the word Shazam, but a lot of it's just built into Siri and the music app and all of that now. So interesting. You, you don't even have to remember like what the app is called anymore. You can just like ask have you know Siri, you know, ask Whoa. that her or uh, them yeah. what what they what they you know think the song is that's playing. The um so yeah you know stuff like this happens. You know, first of course I'd never heard of Boxcryptor before before you started mentioning it this week and um but yeah i immediately got the problem right there as soon as you mentioned it it was like oh okay so now it's dropbox only that's the problem in theory we so become. we
0: we actually don't know right they've been very poor which is a problem the which, which, right.
1: yeah right. they've been very poor on the community you, you know i think you, you they should have been right up front before they announced it they should have gotten all their ducks in a row right. and said Here's what's going to happen. A lot of times you hear about exactly that, like this: the app will be available till the end of the year, and then it will be only, you know, that kind of thing. Very clear communication instead of just making you guess, and you have to basically assume the worst, right? Exactly. Okay, what? So it's not going to be available to me at all. I need to just move on, Um, which is which is fine, Uh, you know. But plenty of plenty of apps have dealt with that, and yeah, opportunity hopefully. Maybe, maybe you've been well maybe not in this situation, but in some situations, people really get pinned in using an app that they think they right. know really well, and they don't you know haven't noticed that other better things have appeared elsewhere. and it's a good idea to kind of keep up if something's important to you, whether that's like a clipboard manager or an encryptor or you know, a social media network, whatever it is, um, you should recognize that it's important and then kind of keep your eye on that space, right? See what yep. else is going on. Yep. And then even you have your little escape plan, like, Oh, if I don't have access to this in the future, uh, I think about that with email. I, we have talked about this with email in the past. It's like right now I'm still using Google's service mm-hmm. or uh, as an email server, you know? Right. And, but I think about, you know, like I've recommendations from you and others of Proton Mm-hmm. And I think, okay, if I had suddenly had to go and right. move my email service, that's probably the first place I'd look because right. I'm paying attention. I would I wouldn't be caught off guard the minute that uh, something something went south there. It's
0: kind of funny with respect to Box Crypto. I used I did use Cryptomator many years ago. And I stopped using it because there was some kind of a technical incompatibility that, quite honestly, I don't remember anymore. Mm. Uh, but after hearing the news about Box Boxcryptor, um, in less than 24 hours, I had switched over to using Cryptomator. And um, <clears throat> not only is it solving all my problems just fine, thank you very much. Uh, but now that I'm playing playing with it for a few days, I'm discovering, oh, there's a feature over here that's actually kind of cool that Box Boxcryptor didn't have. Or there's something over there that I could make use of, uh, it, so it's the same kind of thing. When you when you're focused on the tools you have in front of you, sometimes you absolutely miss the opportunities that some of their alternatives might have. Mm-hmm. The yeah. uh the, the funny thing you you said I forget you used the word duck I forget exactly all
1: ducks in ducks in a, ducks in a row ducks because... in a row yes. Yeah, so yeah. speaking
0: of ducks, which is the segue that I was desperately trying to we- weasel in here, um, I use an FTP client called Cyberduck. And a uh, it also has a uh, uh, mm-hmm. an equivalent called Mountain Duck, uh-huh. which is um, so Cyberduck is a regular windowed interface, drag and drop files around, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Mountain Duck is the thing that allows you to mount your um, FTP, SFTP, etc. connections. Um, as virtual drives or volumes, um, mm-hmm. a, depending on which which environment you're in. So, um, you know, I can mount my servers, you know, the Ascleio servers' hard drive as drive L on my Windows machine, and that I could just upload and download by copying files back and forth. Anyway, um, as it turns out, uh, for the longest time, it turns out to have had built-in support for Cryptomator. So I don't even have to have Cryptomator installed Uh, if I'm doing things uh, remotely, I can just connect up to Dropbox using Mountain Duck and it shows up as a drive and then I can unlock my, my Cryptomator um, subfolder therein and things just work, Um, which, you know, I, that's, I find that kind of, kind of cool. That's, that's kind of cool to be able to do that. Uh, I don't have a direct use for it right now because I've molded my usage based on the functionality that was available in Boxscriptor But now I have some other options to explore for various things. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I just, you, things change. They just, they do. And, and sometimes you get warnings and sometimes you don't. And um, I suspect that uh, if you've got the opportunity to treat something as... An opportunity, uh, you'll end up uh being a little less driven insane by technology.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny you mentioned Cyberduck because the same thing happened to me in that space. I believe I used to use a an FTP app um mm-hmm. called Fetch. Uh mm-hmm. and it I can't remember what the issue was, but you know, for years and years of using it and maintaining servers, you know, your FTP app is something you just Sometimes just have always on. You, know, you live in, it yes. Yeah, you live <laughs> yes. in. And I was happily using Fetch for years and years. I can't remember what the issue was, but suddenly I couldn't use it for something important or, or whatever. And I believe my emergency switch was to CyberDuck
0: oh. for <laughs> a
1: short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then I just, you know, that held me over for like a year. And now I use a tr- uh, Transmit, which is a, right. uh, popular Mac one. Right. And uh I've been using that for years. But yeah, it's funny, as soon as you mentioned CyberDuck, I was like, hey, this whole thing happened to me. And CyberDuck was the actual solution at the time.
0: Yes. Yeah. Funny. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah there, there, it's funny. So the, the FTP space, I don't want to say that it's crowded, but there are a number of really good solutions. Um and uh, you know, CyberDuck happens to be one of them. Um, I've heard of Transmit, but as you say, I think it's a Mac only yeah, uh, solution. It is. So Anyway, just cool. thought I'd throw out that little bit of of opportunistic philosophy out there. Cool. Well, let's see. I've got a
1: bunch of topics I want to talk about. Uh, yes. Where, you do. where this to, sounds, this where sounds like start? Fun. Where to start? <laughs> uh, let's start. We start here with uh, this weird thing that happened to me with Snapchat this week. Uh, I, do you use Snapchat very much? I, ha-
0: I have an account. I never ever look at it.
1: I I don't. I mean, I haven't used it in a long time, and I still haven't used it in a long time. So <laughs> what would it, what could possibly happen to me having to do with Snapchat when I'm not using Snapchat? Well, um, a, a case of like, oh, it, I got a scam email. Interesting. And I always love those because for me, they're research. I have a folder called research where I throw scam emails in there in case I want to make a <laughs> video, you know, and I want to have that. Like, here's the email I got, and this is why it's scammy and uh but it turned out that it may not be a scam it may just be really poor service from from snapchat i got this to an email address that i've never used with snapchat certainly not my main one Mm -hmm. kind of auxiliary email address and it was hey uh confirm your new account chloe (laughs) i was like okay oh god i get
0: those all the time not chloe
1: and so i was like okay and it says to me All right. I looked carefully at the emails. This is scam. Do I get to do a video on this or something? No, I couldn't find any indication that it was a scam. It just wanted to confirm the account. So maybe I thought there's a chance somebody just entered the email address wrong.
0: Right.
1: Anyway, I decide, Okay, it seems all safe for clicking here to go to the web page. And the web page actually presented two links. One was confirm your account right the normal thing. The other was this isn't me, right or this is right. not th- whatever. Ah okay, good. good Snapchat. you fr- gave me a way to say no. don't let whoever this is use my
0: email address for their account. And you're certain it was Snapchat at this point
1: and, and, and then again I checked the the, the website. <laughs> I checked everything right and it's right. fine. okay, it is Snapchat okay And I click on the no. And the uh, then it goes to another page. It says, "Thank you for confirming your your account." Like you did it, you confirmed your account. And I was like, nice. uh, "No, I clicked the other one." So I look at the links, and the links actually have a variable in it that's like, uh, you know, confirm account equals. Or it was like not account or something equals true. It was like the wrong thing. It was like right. should have been a false, not a true. And I'm like, oh, well, they screwed up. That's right. the real Snapchat thing. This is a real Snapchat email, but they put the wrong link here. Um, I couldn't, of course, reissue the link. Matter of fact, Snapchat was very smart and being like, oh, you, this is an expired link, right? Right, right. It wants. So I was like, ah, all right, well, no problem. I got fast fingers and time on my hands, so I logged into my new account, <laughs> saying, forgot, <laughs> forgot my password. Right. Hi, this is Chloe. Forgot my password. Send me my new password. Sends <laughs> me a new password to my email account. Right. I then go in with my new password and then change it to even something different than that right. password. It's right. like, all right, whoever that is, if it's a pers- person that entered the wrong thing, they're now locked out. Yep. Um, and if it's some sort of scammy thing, I'm not really sure what the scam is. Right. But they're logged out, locked out too. So then I do the next logical thing i look through and see uh, how do i delete this account i just want to delete it i don't want this account out there with my email address and i think i had to actually log into snapchat on my phone which i had the app on hadn't used it in years and it was just (laughs) sitting there with like hey log in because it's whatever you were logged in before it's expired so i logged in and went to the delete my account thing and it says you know are you very sure you want to yes yes delete account, account deleted, your account's been deleted, email confirmation, your account's been deleted. End of story, except no. (laughs) A week later, I just get an email out of nowhere. Your account's been reactivated, Chloe. I was like, how? How has my account been reactivated? I don't, it's my email address. It's, I changed the password. I can only assume that somewhere there is a button you can press on Snapchat to say, please reactivate my account.
0: Um, I have a theory, but go ahead, keep going.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, that's kind of the end of the story because then I said, oh, "Okay, let's do this again, but I'm going to do it different." And I went went in and I changed the password again. Right. Then I said, oh, I could change the ID, right?" So if they're actually logging in using their ID, right. I change it to a random name. Right. Um, so it's no longer Chloe, it's something else. And uh, so I figure, okay, so if they go in and try to say, hey, my Chloe account has been deactivated, can you reactivate it? Then it would be like, there's no Chloe account. Then the other thing I did, it didn't do is I didn't delete the account right away. I set a reminder for two weeks, and okay. I'll delete it. And
0: so give, give the, the real Chloe an opportunity to basically throw up her hands and give it. Well,
1: I, if there's a button there saying, reactivate my account, it's not going to work because the account is active. It's just a completely different name. And she can't and log in, yeah. Can't, can't log in. Uh, so <laughs> I, che- I did check to make sure there's no, there's no two-factor set on the site. I almost set my own two-factor, but I didn't want to use one of my phone numbers for that. So I was right. like, no, I'm not going to set two-factor.
0: Well, that's actually where I was headed. Cause I was wondering if, um, in addition to just the username and password, they had any. Uh, not necessarily two-factor information, but account recovery information. Yeah, a- I love an alternate email address, a phone number, uh, you know, any of those kinds of things that could be mm-hmm. used to uh, recover the account in the case of um, uh, of somebody else getting access. All
1: I could think of is is they used their Snapchat app and they were already logged in. And, and in, Snapchat yeah. should not have let them log in until it Correct. confirmed. Right. But maybe, again, there's obviously things not being done right here by Snapchat. And maybe they went in and it said, oh, your account's been deactivated. And there was a reactivate button. And they, right. oh, I'll press that. And that's all that they did. Um, so And and now that that won't work anymore because it hasn't been deactivated and they shouldn't be able to log in, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I do plan not just on deleting the account after two weeks, but checking the account to make sure nothing else has gone on. And I did. Uh, I don't know. You, I don't know what else to do. Gotten, oh, it is and, interesting.
0: Yeah. You haven't gotten any password reset notifications or requests. Yeah. Have you?
1: And I did another thing I did, you No, know, no, I haven't got any of that. And another thing I did and important to Snapchat and other things too, is I went into my privacy settings and made sure the Snapchat app didn't have my location or anything. Because Snapchat's one of those apps that, as soon as you log on to it, it's like going to put you on a map, you know, so your friends can see. Oh, right. And and of course, I switched that off. I, I it actually already was off on the account. I but I checked. But in the meantime, I didn't want that to you know. While I found that setting, I didn't want it to do that. So anyway, it's interesting. It's just it's the kind of thing. It's like, is it? Is it? I'm still not 100 percent sure. It's not a scam of some sort. But boy, I can't there, see the reason and I can't see the the angle
0: right? at all. There, there definitely are a number of new kinds of scams that this could fall under. The one that I'm seeing frequently these days, and I think you've probably heard or seen it as well, is where you get a text message from someone who you don't know, who calls you by the wrong name and just tells you something with yeah. the expectation that you'll reply and then they try and... and um, um, engage you in conversation and eventually have you do something inappropriate. Yeah um, the 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 scenario that that I see a lot I I don't know your email the email address that was involved here that I assume that there isn't anything in that email address that somehow maps to Chloe. Um, no. you know it's it's not like a substring or something. The, the reason I say that is because I definitely get occasional um, new account notifications. Uh, uh, to some of my shorter slash more popular email addresses uh, just because I, I don't know. I, I The only thing, there's two things that I can assume. One is that uh, people are typoing their own email address that just happens to be really close to one of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's kind of where this sounds like what's happening to you. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, they just happen to have an email address that's very similar to the one that that you're that you're seeing all this on.
1: I do. I do know what you mean. And um, it is a short email address and a major service. Six characters.
0: Right. right. So
1: that in itself and actually that email address, um, you know, it means something totally different to me. Those six characters. Right. But if you look at it, the first four characters are not that uncommon of a name. Right. And the last two are actually a very common country code.
0: Ah, uh, yep.
1: So yep. that has come it's up a couple of times. Yep. And you know, it comes down to the the thing of you know, all those people early in the like early 90s who got like their first name at AOL.com and said, right. Oh wow, how lucky am I? Right. Yeah, they quickly, you know, found out years later, oh no, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the other thing that comes to mind though is that uh, especially with accounts that are with services that are used by kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, very often, I think what they're doing is they're being asked for an email address. They don't have an email address. Ah. So they either make one up or they grab one mm-hmm. um, and just to fill in the field, not realizing that that also gates access to the very server that they're trying service that they're trying to sign into but it's one of those things where you know they're just filling in an email address to fill in an email address and because yours is short or whatever um, it happens to be what they chose Uh, I I think that's happened to me a time or two more often than not, though, I'm seeing um, typos and you're right, the one thing the other thing that I I didn't. um, ask but you kind of answered already and that is this is not an email address on one of your own domains this is an email address on one of the major services so exactly that's that's probably probably what's happening be interesting if chloe ever reaches out
1: (laughs) (laughs) i doubt and actually you know the the few things that were set up in the account Uh one of them was that it uh, it was an under 14 person yep so yeah definitely uh, a kid again it still doesn't rule out a scammer of some sort right but if it, if we go with the idea that this was a real person, right. then yeah, it was just a kid probably. And, you know, I, kids have more than one Snapchat account. Uh, sometimes a lot more than one Snapchat account. <laughs>
0: That's true. There's the one their parents know about. And the one their parents.
1: Yeah. Don't. Many. Oh, oh, and sometimes many that their parents, you know, there's still ways kids like to lurk. kids like to be friends with their enemies, but not yes. as themselves, all yeah. sorts of things like that. And so it could be the kind of thing where uh, perhaps it's, Perhaps it is a, a an email address where you, a few letters have been changed or something. And it there's just no way. Like if I actually knew the real email address, I would be like, wow, how'd you get from there to here? Okay, I see a couple of characters were changed. Right, there's right, a system, right. right? Okay, that letter. All right, yeah. fine. Anyway, um,
0: it's interesting. And, and, and it's, I have to agree that it sounds like Snapchat isn't handling this very well. No. all.
1: That link being wrong. And I did find other people actually that mentioned about that, that that link is wrong. That if you say no, it's like it shouldn't be true equals true, it should be equals false. But, and apparently that's been for years, it's been like that. And so that leads to the whole situation. And also that, you know, whatever button for reactivating, that's an issue. Uh, But, you know, all right. it's so, uh, oh, and I wanted to uh, kind of uh, also the funny kind of thing or not funny. as it. Maybe we talked about chat GPT last week yes. and I was like, well, we talked about it last week. We shouldn't talk about it anymore, but I got to figure we're going to, I think we're going to be talking about it a lot because it doesn't seem to be a topic that's going away. Correct. Um, I, I, you know, continue to be impressed with chat GPT. I like would ask it to do weird things and then, you know, sit there with my mouth. Wide open in awe at the response I got. like right. you know, write a Shakespearean sonnet that you know about this subject. and it's like, wow, that's like if I was an eleventh grade English teacher, that would be a B plus <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's like good, hey, this is good, right? Um, and even and t- answers for tech questions, uh, I found that it could summarize things for you. You could actually say summarize the below in bullet points and then paste like a huge article or transcript. And will actually do it mm-hmm. so some uses for it even i even used it to write some regular expressions this week
0: i was i've been meaning to try that yeah
1: because i <laughs> i suck at regular expressions as a, as a coder that's my achilles heel i, just, I
0: love regular expressions.
1: <laughs> well i love them too but the problem is i believe there's a there's a frequency at which you need to use regular expressions to become good at them yes and i fall short in that frequency, like if every week I needed one regular expression, I think I would get better and better, but it's more like every two weeks I need one regular expression. And that's <laughs> not like, it, that's below the line. So I, I'm never going to get better at them because I just don't do them enough. Um, so that's always frustrating when you need one. And, and I thought, Hey, can I write regular expressions for me? And the answer is yes, it, it could, and it did. And it helped me. It saved me time. So are they, are first, they correct? Actually, yes, they, they were correct. Um it actually
0: does seem to be one of uh, chat gpt's achilles heel is, is that oh yeah being wrong. It, But on one hand uh, i've seen the word confident used over and over again and i think that yes. that's one of the things i mentioned last week it presents its answers very confidently um but often it's very confidently wrong uh, and and regular expressions would seem like a a field in which um even those of us who know what we're doing get them wrong regularly um oh, yeah. so yeah
1: yeah. yeah I, and I did after getting my, the answer to what I needed and, and cutting down, you know, 10 minutes or maybe five minutes of research to, you know, 10 seconds of chat GPT. Right. I then did go explore more and I did get it not to give me anything wrong. The regular expressions are always right. They didn't always solve the problem I was describing. Okay. Well, yep. right. Yep. Anyway. So then I started to think, wow. So chat GPT so far seems to do things, you know, if it gets things right. It seems to do things either very well or mediocre (laughs) matter of fact the things that don't have right and wrong answers like you know uh summarize something for me and all of that that are kind of like in the middle's gray area it always seems to do mediocre it's like okay but hey it was free and it it saved me time and all that i was trying to find something it did bad and i found something it does very bad (laughs) and that's humor the way i discovered this is i i saw somebody Uh, mentioned that they had it write a script for like a friend's episode or something. No, write a friend's episode for me (laughs) that, you know, whatever. And it did it. And I was like, wow, great. So uh, what TV show would I love there to be one more episode of, right? And maybe I can get that from ChatGPT. So I asked it, uh, write me an episode of Faulty Towers in which (laughs) Basil Faulty wins the lottery. You know, just as a, a sitcom thing thrown out there and it, it okay number 1 it responded immediately with a very long summary of a whole episode of faulty towers right. uh number 2 it knew about faulty towers yeah. you know there was manuel was in it the, you know every, every characters were in it you know hotel all of that uh so it knew what it was doing it wasn't like trying to figure this out um it was bad it was bad in that <laughs> it was not funny at all and it didn't get the humor of faulty towers. Matter of fact, I asked it afterwards to uh can you make it more in the style of Faulty Towers? And it inched a bit closer, but it still would do things like You know, at the end of the script, it was like, you would think that looting the lottery would make Basil Fawlty, you know, happy, but instead he just was as much of a curmudgeon and mean to uh, customers of the hotel as before. I was like, oh God, that is so bad. That is like anti-Fawlty Towers in terms of the thing. So then I was like, all right, so uh, can't do humor, uh, at least in writing scripts. I asked it to tell me a joke. And I came up with topics because I didn't want to say, just tell me a joke. Right, but tell me right. a joke about a snowman. Tell me a joke about a one eyed dog. Tell me, you know, whatever. Bad. I mean, I thought, okay, sure, it's not going to get it right all the time. But if I ask it to tell me a joke about a snowman 10 times, make me at least crack a smile once. No,
0: <laughs> no, it's
1: <laughs> bad. It didn't even. Actually, makes a lot of the jokes don't make sense as jokes. They made sense as language. Right. They would come out and say, "Oh, so the punchline does relate to the fact that a snowman is made of snow, and it's winter time and all." But that's not it. Why was that? That's not a joke. That's not funny. And I over and over again because you can hit the little repeat button and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would. I was just like, no, 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 over and over again. It was like, okay, I'm on a mission now. I want to laugh just one time. <laughs> I want to crack a smile one time. Just tell me a joke about something. Please make the joke funny. Nope. It looks like chat GPT is unable to process humor. Which, you know, if you wanna <laughs> if you want to go and put it in the sci-fi realm, it's like, well, that's scary right great the AI doesn't have a sense of humor oh it's, no it's
0: scary but it's almost like that's almost one of the I don't want to call it the Turing test but it's it's like yeah. one of the tests for artificial intelligence true yeah. true artificial intelligence is it um uh, is it able to uh to uh not necessarily have a sense of humor yeah but emulate a sense of humor yeah just emulate and, it come on <laughs> and, and if I understand it correctly uh I assume Siri does, but Amazon's Echo. Yeah. Uh if you can you can ask it to tell you a joke and it will tell you a joke, and it'll usually be a dad joke, but that's it's a fine. Can, yeah, it'll, it's it, a
1: canned joke, yeah, from but, a list. But
0: but my guess is that um it's not a generated joke, it's from a list, and the list was probably curated. Oh,
1: yeah. So so the question is, is maybe you know, if if the AI is can do all these different things. They fed it tons of information. You can ask it weird things Mm -hmm. uh, like, write me a story about a monster under the bed. Uh, Summarize this, uh, you know, transcript of a TED talk. You know, all these, uh, write me code, write me uh, Python code that will do this. And it can figure all that out based on all the knowledge that's been fed. Yet the, and and it has been fed humor. It knows what faulty towers is, for instance, (laughs) you know, so it, It just didn't seem to be able to get humor. Maybe it takes a different AI that's just fed humor. Just feed it all the scripts from all the sitcoms, all the stand-up routines, all of the scripts for movies that are humorous, all that stuff, and and maybe that is what's needed to emulate humor. But I'd be curious if you did that, if you went for broke and said, we're just going to feed it funny things, every joke, right? Uh, supposedly, like Rodney Dangerfield had file cabinets filled with jokes, right? Feed all that stuff in there uh, and all, all this, would then it work? you know? Because then it's just a problem of, oh, this AI wasn't trained properly for humor. right? But if the AI that's trained only for humor still can't tell the joke, <laughs> that would be fascinating. Then that would be like a whole other thing of like, wow. Well, how, you know, is joke writing this extremely sophisticated, intelligent thing that humans can do? Um you know, it's I don't know. It's got kind of a, I like to see if somebody's done any research on that or has done any kind of AI for writing humor.
0: so much of it depends, too, on um how the the data model is structured because, yeah. My assumption is that it's probably been trained on a tremendous amount of humor along with everything else. And the question is, how is humor identified as such in the, uh, um, in the data?
1: Yeah. And uh, maybe, uh, I guess another thing is when they train an AI with images, they would say, this is an image of a cat. Right. This is an image of a dog. So you might have to go and say, here's a here's text of a funny joke. Right. Here's a text of a here's text of a joke that's not that funny. Right. right. And, you know, then maybe that comparison uh, would be needed. And then maybe you could come up with jokes. And I don't think, I think a successful joke writing AI doesn't need to be successful all the time. Like if you're a joke writer and you want an AI to help you, uh, one out of 10 would be fine. (laughs) You know, I mean, really it would be, you'd be the one identifying that, oh yeah, that's a good one. The rest of this is not funny at all. But that's a good one and you pull that one out. Or and then maybe even then you, you use that as a starting point to make the joke even better. Right. right. But I what I was even looking at it from that perspective. It's like, is there something here that's the start of a good joke? Oh no. <laughs> oh my no. It's like, is this this is like almost it's almost funny in how unfunny
0: it was. I, I was going to say maybe the joke is much more meta than that. Maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe Chad, you GPT know,
0: the- is funny in that it
1: can't be funny. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, speaking of not funny, yeah, um,
0: somebody annoyed you this week.
1: Well, yeah, uh, you know, and this comes up every once in a while, usually on videos that have nothing to do with with the topic. Uh, but you know, software subscriptions—we talked about this before. We we had an episode where we talked about it a lot uh, mm-hmm. last May, I think. And you know, software dis- uh, subscriptions—they uh, make a lot of people angry. Uh, very angry in fact it's one Mm -hmm. of those things it's like a trigger for some people uh but I I like software subscriptions not because I like spending money but because as a user of software and somebody that's developed software I I want there to be good software out there and I want my fellow software developers to be able to make a living making good software and the old models of software, which were, you know, make a piece of software and then sell it as a product, like a, you know, something you would buy at the store almost, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you buy it. Now I own this thing and now I can keep using it forever. Um, That, you know, worked at the beginning, but stopped working at some point, really as a a long-term model for software development. Um, It was replaced by the buy it and then keep upgrading every year uh, model. Right. You know, so you buy version one. Now version two is out. And hey, you get a discount. You get it fifty percent off. And then the right. next year's version three and all that. Um, that failed after a while because the versions that you would come out with, you know, basically they were ruled by marketing decisions. You know, well, what could I put in version four that'll get people to upgrade? You know, I've got a very important update that'll make it faster, more secure, whatever. But th- those things aren't as sexy as throwing in a cool new feature that'll get people to buy it even though i know they're not going to use that feature very much but it looks (laughs) like fun right uh tons of graphics apps for instance have this problem where the sexy feature is something that looks cool and gets you to upgrade but in reality you just don't use that every day um and then when they do have an update that's like here's the thing that you really need or maybe it's just like oh uh In order to work on newer computers newer macs newer windows machines you Mm -hmm. need to get the next version oh i have to upgrade to get the version oh that's not very fun or sexy um so that upgrade path really didn't work very well you know uh and also it's there's a big question to it right the develop a team of 10 developers working on it uh we're coming out with the new version we need to sell x number of copies right or somebody's getting laid off (laughs) um that's not a fun way to work right so um, so software subscriptions come in and uh, have some small companies started, then two big ones entered, Microsoft and Adobe, um, and switched to software subscriptions. Then a lot more small and medium developers uh, switched to it, but it still makes people angry. And I, I still argue that, hey, like in your job, if you came into work one day and your boss said, hey, good news, I'm giving you a bunch of money today. Bad news is... I'm not giving you any more money after this, (laughs) but you have to keep working. Maybe at some point in the future, I'll throw some more money your way, who knows? You know, you would be like, "Uh, no, I quit. Uh, And that's basically what software developers had to live with. People gave the money to buy their product and then expected uh, service updates, support. Uh, They expect the app they they liked and bought to now have that feature that that competing app has. Right. Oh, so a new version has to come out, and and all of that, but only so many people upgrade. Subscriptions kind of solve that whole problem, and then you end up with uh, software decisions being made by the engineers and the and the product development people that say, what needs to be in this next version of the app to make it good to keep right. it, you know, <clears throat> up to yep. up to pay, you know, the, keep pace with the competition. To make all the existing customers who are paying us money on an annual basis or monthly basis, whatever it is, keep them happy because they're asking for things, and we can, you know, we can uh, develop those things. And to me, software subscriptions just make sense, and it's the way we're going. But boy, do people get angry and say, "I am never. I I used to use that product. I I've never. Uh, I'm never using them again because they switched to a software subscription model." Um, Ivan, in in, in this conversation, this person actually said uh, that they they bought the full product for this price at some point, and now they have to pay again to do the subscription. It's like, I don't. I mean you you're saying you bought the full product. I don't think that means what you think it means, right. I right. mean you can now get all the updates and keep using say, this forever. You got the
0: product you bought. you 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 have that product the yeah, fact that, full
1: product is yeah. weird. it's it's a weird mm. thing to say. I mean, anyway, it's uh it's Needless. frustrating.
0: Needless to say, I experience this one all the time, mostly because, as you point out, Microsoft went to this model with Microsoft Office, and uh-huh. um, uh, you know, honestly, what, what's what's what to me I find hilarious. Honestly, because if I didn't find it hilarious, I'd be in tears. the 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 subscription price uh-huh. for Microsoft Office is an incredible value. Particularly when you compare it to how much money you would pay uh, under the old model, the one-off model, which they actually still seem to support. You can still spend, um, um, uh, I think it's, what is it, like $200, $300 for a copy of Microsoft Office that you would install on one machine. Or, Or you can pay $99 a year and install it on five machines and get all of these other features and functionality uh, that honestly, you know, three years is when the money becomes equivalent, but you've gotten so much more for your dollar that um, I just, it boggles the mind. It really does that people get so upset where I understand at least is um, when they are annoyed, not necessarily at the subscription model, although it irritates them when they have to switch, but they're using one of the older, older versions of Office uh, Mm. where the user interface has changed dramatically since then. So that for them, it's like a double hit, right? If I want the most current thing, not only do I have to start paying by the year, but I have to accept this totally different user interface that I never liked. Um, And you know, yeah, okay, sorry, I understand that. There are other alternatives out there, but, um somebody's got to pay for it. And w- what I was thinking of, as you were pointing out, is you know, if, if, under this, we need to sell a new version of the product every year, is that um they have to come up with new features mm-hmm. to make it appealing every year or mm-hmm. every period, right? That gets in the way of what people are always, always screaming about. And that is, I don't want new features. I want you to fix the bugs, I want you to make it faster. Those things don't sell new copies and new copies in that model are how the developers get paid. Um, so the very thing that they're arguing for is arguing against the model that they wanna stick with. And uh, yeah, it is It is kind of frustrating as well. I agree, totally agree.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wish I could, I, I feel I'm not speaking very eloquently about it, but uh, I just, yeah. I think the value' there. And I think you you need to you need to think about the real people building the software, right. And you may be fine with ten developers building an app. You buy it, and then that developer laying off eight of those developers, then two of them <laughs> moving forward, you know, right. like you know, with like maintenance and stuff over over time. and then then those two people closing shop and moving on. Uh, you know, that may be fine for you, but it it sucks from the developer standpoint, you know, much better to have 10 developers build it, maintain it, you know, keep it up, uh, over time and you have quality software that grows with people's needs and all of that. So anyway, um, so I wanted to move on to Ain't It Cool and give my no, I'm just kidding. We, we had the same thing for Ain't It Cool, but you got there first. So you go What's right fun, ahead. Yes.
0: What 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 our our listener doesn't realize is that of course we take we create some notes before we get together and and we jot down what we think is cool. And and I made an entry. And a little while later, Gary followed with his entry that basically said, damn it, that was mine. <laughs> my Ain't It Cool was Wednesday. The show on Netflix, we ended up uh, watching that over the course of most of last week, actually. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the whole thing. It took an episode for me to get engaged, but once I got engaged, I I really enjoyed the actress who's playing Wednesday. She does an awesome job um, being Mm -hmm. that character. Mm -hmm. Uh, The character itself obviously is is very interesting, very unique, has just wonderful attitude that I I really love. Um, The only, it's funny, The only thing that I didn't necessarily like, and this is not in any way, shape, or form a slam against the actor, but I was not thrilled at the casting of Gomez. Mm -hmm. Um, I see him as a different kind of actor in different different roles. He was not Gomez. Um, And there have been a couple of Gomez's over the course of the, the Adams family uh, uh, series and movie and so forth that I think were wonderful. Um, unfortunately, I, I get what they were trying to do, but it just it it that's the only piece that didn't really fit for me. The rest of it, the story, the the I loved um, uh, the uh, the school uh, principal, I guess the the mm-hmm. head headmistress. I loved seeing her again. Um, so yeah, I just I enjoyed it and and I highly recommend it to folks who were interested in that kind of stuff. I had I
1: had mixed feelings when I started. Matter of fact, almost quit watching it after two episodes. And I'm a huge Adams Family f- fan. That's what kept me going after two episodes. Is well uh-huh. I can't not watch this. I mean, going way <laughs> back to you know, the comics and, and Chaz Adams yeah. books and and the TV show and the movies and all that. Um so I was a little disappointed at first, number one, at the whole like basically, oh, this is Harry Potter um but with the adams family universe actually not even the adams family universe with a different universe that includes the adams family right like, you know because there's the whole all these different types of of uh, misfits that are part of the school that are yes. not really yes. part of the adams family thing so there's hufflepuff and there's,
0: uh, hufflepuff and there's yeah, gryffindor yeah, and there, yes, yeah. yes yes
1: <laughs> i didn't so i didn't like i was like oh this is just like harry potter and i also felt it it, it uh, ripped off uh, sabrina uh the new adventures of sabrina a lot it felt a lot like that so i was like ah oh, this is derivative of two things that i really you know like sabrina mostly and harry potter some. um and so i don't like that uh episode two definitely very much starts to feel like harry potter world and uh but i kept watching and i was i felt i was There was better humor towards the end. You know, Adam's family, obviously, it's got to be humor. And a lot of that humor comes from Wednesday. And a lot of that comes from the things she says. (laughs) And all the throwaway lines are wonderful. All the throwaway lines (laughs) that she says, that's classic uh, Wednesday Adams. And sometimes I would feel it when we go like 10 minutes without one of those lines. I'd be like oh it's been so long she said something disturbing you know <laughs> and then she, you know finally you like oh thank god it's like i couldn't breathe until she finally said something very disturbing and then there'd be a few in a row you know and that would be good um i i agree on both uh, uh the actors that played gomez and uh also on uh morticia not necessarily that the actors were bad because they're both very talented actors they are yes i don't like how they played the roles gomez yeah. is a child in an adult's body if you watch the sh- uh you know um original tv show who's at austin right uh not sean austin that's his son right but oh yeah and,
0: um uh, yeah i know he mean that i know that yeah yeah mean.
1: yeah um he, him and Ra- raul julia they play it like a, a, this is a 10 year old boy who's an adult and now gets to do adult things and that wild look in their eyes Right? When th- an idea comes to them and they're like, you know, and they grab a fencing sword or whatever. None of that was there. And the sa- I kind of felt the same kind of whimsical Morticia thing was missing. They were both played a lot sadder, a lot more serious. Uh, which I felt was weird because I felt Wednesday was played like Wednesday, right? Right, um, right. And you know maybe that had something to do with Christina Ricci actually being in the cast,
0: which was kind you of know, funny, right yes. there. It's like, <laughs> oh,
1: you don't have to wonder if you want to play Wednesday Adams, like the movie Wednesday Adams. Well, show sure you how. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you have the
1: the actors right there. Um, so that was kind of neat. But I did, I did enjoy, uh, uh, you know, kind of where it went. Uh, in the end, the whole thing and, uh, you know, I kind of got excited and I enjoyed there were there were moments like everybody just talks about the dance, yes. you know, the <laughs> dance that uh, the actress came up with on her own. And right. I felt like this was where they could have gone really wrong because they could have gone and said, let's make Wednesday Adams a fantastic dancer that knows that can dance better than anybody else. And then right. people are like, wow, that's amazing. You know, amazing. We see her in a different light now. And no, she danced just like Wednesday Adams should have danced. Right, very weird.
0: (laughs) Um, So it's funny because I was I was actually quite okay with Catherine Zeta Jones as uh, as Morticia. Uh, I think she did a fine job. Uh, The the other one, and I had to I was looking up the name here, Gwendolyn Christie uh, for Principal Principal Weems. um, She was great. She ended up going. uh, She was one of those characters where. During the series, you start to wonder, okay, is she a good per- good guy or a bad guy? She's yeah. a good guy or a bad guy? Which side of things is she going to fall on? Um, and, of course, in the end, it became very clear. But um, uh, that was that was fun. Uh, and, yeah, the dance. What I thought was funny, I just read out a, a headline yesterday, I think, that um, um, I think it was, oh, one of the other popular singers of the day uh, ended up doing that dance. Um, in a live mm-hmm. show <laughs> which, which would be
1: i'm sure people went nuts i mean this yeah. is definitely it's a hit and i i think we we're definitely look, going to look at another season mm-hmm. but we also i'm sure the executives at netflix and uh, tim burton's production company and all are mm-hmm. already being like oh this is might be the beginning of the adams verse right right Yep. yeah yeah this could go in lots of different directions
0: and I will admit that um, the the various well just to not spoil things too much the various schools in the school the various houses if you will yeah um that did take me as a bit of a surprise. Um, I don't know if that was uh, germane or native to the original Mm Adams-verse or not. Um, But but yeah, that did kind of, sort of detract a little bit. I think a lot of what we saw um, in, I don't know about the movie, it's been too long since I've seen the movie. It's been even longer since I've seen the series. But what I remember of the series was that a lot of Wednesdays, antics were more fish out of water kinds of things, putting her in a normal school rather than um, a school for misfits. And uh, that, I think, was potentially an opportunity lost. Not sure. I agree. I
1: agree. That was one of the, in my pause between episodes two and three, I took about a week before I finally got back to it. One of the things I said is I would have much rather have her started out at the special school and gotten kicked out of that. And then the whole story was that she has to attend a normal Normal American high school. I thought that's the story. But of course, in the end, now I can't really see it any other way because of of the characters and
0: and, and all of that. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So ain't it cool for both of us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Blatant, blatant self-promotion. Well, this one's going to be an obvious one given the discussion we had earlier. Um, I'd like to point people out, what should I do about Box Crypto? It actually turns out to be an important point for those folks who are using the software. It's askleo.com slash 151184. Cool.
1: And uh, I'll recommend a video about five reasons you should be using a password manager. Um, and two interesting things to note, one is that may or may not be where my whole inspiration for talking about, uh, software subscriptions came from <laughs> the comment section for that <laughs> video. Um, but also, also I, I have done videos on password managers many times over the years, Yes. and I was really delighted to see that it's overwhelmingly now in the comments, it's people saying that they already use them Good. Or, and they already see the value in them because. It wasn't that way years ago. It was, what's that? How, where, what is one? How do I use it? This time, it really seems to be that the majority of comments were, about even that, even that comment about complaining about software subscriptions, that person was already using one. Um, So it, it seems that we've mission accomplished for people uh, you like know, you and me, you know? Maybe
0: maybe I'm not as confident in that because I still okay. do get feedback from folks who say I would never or eggs in one basket or all those, you know, all the usual kinds of things. You know, aren't you, you're trusting somebody else with everything. Well, no, you're not, but you know, you get the idea. You, get the, you, yeah. you, you know, the counter argument. I'm still seeing a little bit too much of that. I will say that the good news for your um, uh, your complainer is that, you know, there are plenty of really good options in the password management field right now. Not all of them are subscriptions. And um, it's one of those things, especially like with uh, uh, the last pass issues of the past few months, um, you know, it's to me, it's not an issue that I you know my stuff is safe. I'm happy. It's OK. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that people need to feel safe with the password manager they're using. And like I said, there are so many good alternatives right now. Um, it's n- th- there is no excuse anymore not to use one. Um, it's more a matter of, OK, which one would you pick? And yeah, yep, very good. Use them. Yep. Cool. <laughs> All I get right. pretty much is going to wrap us up for a week. Yep. The show notes will be out at tehpodcast.com slash T E H one seven eight. If you've got a comment or a question, you can reach us there on that show nuts page, show nuts page, show notes <laughs> page. <laughs> it's, it's the holiday season. It's one of those. I've got, I've got nuts on the mind. What can I yeah. say? Uh, thanks as always for listening and we will see you here again real soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.